podcast is rated R. It contains violence, adult learning, spoilers, and adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Kill the Dead podcast, episode alpha. We're your hosts, Gray and Jay, uh, the Cloverfield episode. Say what up, Jay. What's going on, man? Nothing. So, uh, Cloverfield, right? It's more of a brand, I would say, at this point that people identify with, maybe not necessarily movies, right? Right, it, 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 it's uh, it's definitely going in the way of of just brand name, like like a label you can just slap on something. Right. <laughs> and I, I mean that has definitely been the case. This film was obviously the result of an unexpected Super Bowl or Super Bowl promotion. Right. No one was expecting that the God Particle was going to be released under or that original title as we all saw the name change and the Netflix drop that night. I kind of wonder when they made that decision to change that name. Well, I, I, I did some nerd research and I saw that the original script was called The God Particle. Right. So they purchased the script, called that name, and I guess that that was easier to keep it that name before they went forward with it. Yeah, was... the God Particle that was that's been the working title for like the past year or so, and that's what had everyone like you know. I, I think the um, the synopsis was released a year ago, so everyone was really building up to that that whole type of movie, right? You know, like what happens when you smash atoms together in a in a in a hyper you know collider and like you know fuck up space time like we were looking for that (laughs) yeah the the traditional sci-fi feature if you will like uh what could happen with this behind it so i guess one of my questions is um when when did they make the transition between it's going to be the god particle sci-fi movie and then it became J.J. Abrams apparently got his hands on it and said, yeah, we're just going to make this the third Cloverfield. Like, wh- where did that take place? Uh, that I w- I'm not 100% sure of when they actually acquired the script. Like, I know it's a pr- it was a similar practice for uh, Cloverfield Lane. That was originally called The Cellar. And then they adapted it to the Cloverfield world. I'm not even sure if you can call it a world yet, 
let's say the Cloverfield premise, because at this point, <laughs> there is no clear cut definition of where this franchise is going, other than any direction it feels like. Yeah, and see, that's too bad because I I'm starting to get used to the term uh, Cloververse, and I like I want to yeah. use it. I want to use Cloververse, but they gotta they gotta tie it all in together so we can actually you know coin that phrase and start using it. Right, exactly. If they could just bring it full circle with something, and you know, not to get too much out of the way direction we should go, but I hear the rumor is Cloverfield Four, whatever that's gonna be called, has been shot. It does take place in during the time of War, uh, World War Two. So it's like we went extremely forward to 2028 from original of 2008, and now we're going back to 30s, not 30s, 40s, 50s to explain some more of the Cloververse. Uh, you know what? I guess it's like <laughs> when this when this first started out, it had a, and I don't know if you agree with this. Like, if, do you remember the first? Uh, viral marketing from 2008 the original like the first viral websites where I remember one uh, that it was like for the construction site from a previous show he did I forget the name of the show at this point uh, I want to say no I don't remember but I do remember there was a bunch of fake websites and then as you or go ahead well it Okay, so one one of the one of the ones I remember was this whole thing around the like the Slusho Corporation. Yes, yes, exactly. And so it, it kind of had this whole sinister Japanese corporation feeling to it, which which if you if you were paying attention, it harkened back to the classic Japanese creature features. Like, what were they doing that caused this to happen? And and you know, J.J. Abrams made this whole big ado about focusing your attention that way, almost like misdirection, like what's all this about that has to do with the water and the ocean and a possible uh, a possible, what do you call it, like chemical explosion and whatnot, and you're like, oh you know, the Japanese did this or whatever <laughs> and right. somehow I, I, was involved <laughs> I remember at that time I was thinking this was going to be a new entry into the Godzilla franchise. Exactly. Like, that's where my mind was, was the tie-in. And exactly. then, uh, to add to your Celestio thing, I remember that uh, as well, and then I remember there was a phone number, either you called it or you texted it, whatever the technology was back then, and the re- there was a recording of a monster roaring. Like, I remember being sucked into that and doing it. I don't know if it charged you anything or not, but... It was definitely like, oh shit, what is this? And it yeah, yeah. built the hype for that. Oh, release. for sure. Oh, trust me, I was one of those idiots that was trying to find every breadcrumb <laughs> that yes. came with this with that movie, the original Cloverfield. And um, yeah, I was trying to piece together. They had like little fragments of photos from um, the guys, uh, like going away party, and you can put the pictures together, and it formed a larger like montage or whatever and you're trying to uncover what the big secret was yes yes i do remember this yeah yeah and that was that was one of the first really clever 
marketing ideas for a movie, which was the driving force behind the original Cloverfield. Right. I mean, I can't speak to other genres, so to speak, but as far as horror, that was like the that decade's Blair Witch. Like yeah, Blair absolutely. Witch came out, and everyone was reading fake articles. Everyone was going to this place in Maryland that really had yeah. nothing to do with anything other than we said, or not we, but they said this is where this happened. Right. And right. it went hysteria, and most of it, I'm not even sure if you could really call it viral because the internet wasn't that prevalent at the time, and that's kind of what made it work. You couldn't fact check it. That's it true. All, yeah. Blair so Witch like, was definitely the first viral. Like, that was the first entry into the viral world. Like, it went viral before viral. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Whatever you would call that back then. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I, I would like to see if, you know, there's already the jokes right now. It's that Cloverville 4 is out. It's sitting on your desk. Like, Jay Abrams is just that quick. <laughs> um, and I heard that uh, Fifth was greenlit as well. So we'll see what happens with that. But, I mean, I guess we should just get right into the synopsis of this film. Sure. You know. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, be besides all the hype, we had the synopsis for about a year, so we kind of knew what to expect. And I'll be the first to tell you, with the Super Bowl dropping, the, uh, the you know, the Super Bowl dropped the teaser, and I just lost my freaking mind. I started tweeting immediately and updating right. Facebook. I'm like, hey, yo, for all you people who care, Cloverfield's coming out very soon. And then they dropped the second one. They're like, yeah, Cloverfield's coming out right after the Super Bowl. And I, 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 I went apeshit. And I told the whole world, like whoever's listening, like, yo, as soon as the Super Bowl's over, it's all about Cloverfield paradox. You know? So it was this whole thing where it's like, it became an event. And I, I guess credit to J.J. Abrams for making it an event. Now, as far as what I felt about the movie afterwards, that's a whole different story. <laughs> yeah, I agreed. I mean... My impression was is that I received, you know, a tweet alert um, from, I want to say, bloody disgusting, some blog I follow, and I missed it on the actual Super Bowl because I was traveling. I just came back from the uh, Days of the Dead uh, convention in Atlanta. So it's like I was just barely walking in the door and I see this tweet and I immediately run to YouTube. Like, I was like, I gotta see what the whole world just saw, and I missed it. I can't believe I flipping missed it. But, I mean, with that being said, and this could be attributed to how I feel about the film in general, is that the marketing was ten times better than the film we're about to talk about. <laughs> and, you know, the marketing was only, you know, I haven't research the exact amount of time but let's say a trailer that's all the money however much it costs to put an ad on the Super Bowl is all they spend in marketing really right Netflix acquired it so <laughs> boom done right after Super Bowl you guys can watch it and I was right. there I was clicking refreshing my Netflix the whole time <laughs> it's like let's go let's go yeah 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 for sure but I, I mean, mean let's so talk Oh. Yeah, go ahead. Let's talk about the actual meat and bones of the 
I guess, premise for this. Okay. Paradox. So, I tell you, let me tell you like this, man. I'm going in expecting. I'm expecting Cloverfield. That's what we're expecting. We're 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 expecting a mix of horror, you know, a mix of bizarre, you know, just like maybe a little mix of, uh, I guess you can camp. Maybe who knows? Just like I guess uh, after we're coming off for ten Cloverfield Lane, right? So we're not sure. We're really not sure what we're going to get in part three other than that whole sci-fi angle so me personally i like the whole idea of they have this massive uh atom collider in space and you know they're looking for a new energy source so this takes place like you know 50 years in the future or whatever and you know apparently earth's all fucked up so they have this collider in space that's apparently so powerful it can't be done on Earth. So they're sitting up orbiting Earth trying to, I'm not sure what they were trying to do, just smash atoms just to see if the, it can work. So, right. okay, that's all good and all. And then they're like, now they're playing the whole angle like they're playing on the, the sci-fi fear. If you do smash atoms, you're going to rip the space-time continuum and, you know, all of that. And actually, there's a part in the movie, and I guess we should say spoiler alert, where someone alludes to, like, oh, if you do this, you know, you're going to disrupt the dimension and you're going to unleash hell and demons and monsters. Right, it's that news report by the cameo of Donald Lugel. And yes. I'm going to butcher everyone's name because this is the most challenging cast name-wise. For I've sure. ever seen in my life. Yeah, for sure. But I was yeah. very surprised to see him. He, he always has been like little bit roles in movies. Uh, not trying to take anything away from him, but it's always like, oh yeah, he's in this movie. Oh yeah, he's in that movie. Right, but, right. Uh, yeah, so he's basically laying out what the Cloverfield Paradox is going to become. Right. Like right there, first 15 minutes of the film. Uh, I, I thought that was an interesting choice that they went that way instead of you know, traditional horror movies, you see something like someone playing with an ice pick, and they're like, don't play with that ice pick. And exactly. then, you know, 20 minutes later, someone gets stabbed in the eye yeah, or impaled. Right. right. But, yeah. you know, well, I, I don't really the term, feel... There's, there's a term, what's, what's that official term when they do that? I forgot what it's called. Foreshadowing. For, yeah, foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, okay, that wasn't even foreshadowing. That was... That was like soft spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, that was, for me, that was kind of an eye roll. I was like, oh, okay. He just kind of, yeah, there it is. All right. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I kind of brushed it off. I was like, well, that can't be the plot. <laughs> like, you know, no, they're not going to just tell you what this is going to be. And at that, uh, you know, I, I kind of felt like, that gave me the one thing I was missing in the film, which was more science. Thank you. I'm glad there, you said there's, it. There's a, I guess, a plethora of things that occur during this lost in space or lost in space feature, but none of it is really ever explained. Right. And that's the thing that I think took away from it. We could have just had three or four things happen to this crew 
instead of this scene something happens this scene something happens that scene something happens but no one ever figures it out no one ever explains it which i thought was a huge diversion and route i guess from the way that 10 cloverfield lane went it built to something like yeah that's a great point it's the fact that in 10 cloverfield lane they really nail down what's going on. So step by step, as things are breaking down, you're, you're more engulfed, like you're more invested in what is, well, as it's unfolding, you're investing in what's happening because he actually explained, this is what happens, this is what we got, this is what it is. In Paradox, it starts off real science-y. So with that, you, they could have stayed there. They could have stayed with that. It could have been a, here's what happens when you get your science wrong. And that's a good that's a good lane to be in. And that was actually my biggest problem with the movie was, it felt like they was trying to do too many cool ideas, but they all kind of fell flat. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't, there was, they had some horrific moments but it wasn't a horror movie. They had some science sciency moments, but it's not exactly sci-fi. They had some right. they had some and campy think, moments. And I'm like, this isn't a B movie. <laughs> you know? Speaking of which, the 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 one thing I enjoyed of the campy elements is Chris O'Dowd. And I'm not even sure if it was intentional or if this is an homage to Evil of the Dead. Mm-hmm. You kind of have that moment where Ash just fighting off his own hand and Chris O'Dowd has this and you can't even really discern why this limb is there or Dude, why that, this that, limb that had to be the most pointless plot vehicle I've ever seen in my life Just we can just talk about the hand <laughs> the arm right it's like we're just going to put this bit in the film because <laughs> like I, maybe there is an uncut uh film somewhere like i know so you think that you think the you think the whole arm explanation is laying on the cutting floor (laughs) somewhere it has to be i mean i knew something was going strange like the first time i went through didn't pause it just rolled straight through and we have the scientist i'm not sure what his actual title is but Mm. he uh balkov yes he's like talking to the crew. He's like talking down to the crew. Like, I'm better than you. Everything's working because of me. He, he was you guys, the, the chief. I think he was like the chief engineer, the German guy, right? Yeah, or not the German guy. Well, he may have been German. See, they all have their little patches on their yeah. arms. But right. I forget, because the German guy was accused of being a spy. Okay, okay. No, so guess, that was not, okay, so he was not Volkov. Right, Volkov was the guy that's like, we first figure out when he's looking in the mirror and his eye goes askew. Oh, God, that guy, yeah. <laughs> and then he's, like, talking to him, the mirror, and it seems as though he's getting answers. Okay, so that, and, he was like he was like the Cloverfield version of Chekhov. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So at first, when, uh, when I first looked at that scene, I was just like, what the fuck is this? Right. right. And then later, he goes on and explodes full of worms. And I'm just like, oh, they're like, here are the worms. And I'm just thinking to myself, did I fucking fall asleep? Where were these worms? Man. Never saw any cage full of um, 
million, however many worms that was. All of a sudden, they're transposed into his body, and they explode out for whatever non-scientific so reason. Okay, so let's back up with the worms. Now, you've seen this how many times yet so far? One and a half. One and a half, okay. I don't know what happened to that half, but that's okay. I watched it the second time. <laughs> See, we all go through the same thing. The first time you watch it and you're starstruck, you know, you're just like, oh yeah, and it's Cloverfield, yay. Whatever happens, you're down for it. Right. The second time is when you really watch it, watch it. And the second time I caught some Easter eggs, I caught more details, I caught this slush old can mm-hmm. being knocked yes. over. I caught, I caught the worm farm. There was the point where uh, uh, Chris O'Dowd's character, Mundy, I think it was, he says Mm -hmm. something about worms. And they showed a worm farm. It's like a three-second scene. So you're like, oh, there's the worms. Okay, so you see the worms. Because at first, the first time watching it, I'm like, I'm I'm, I'm thinking the same thing as you. I'm thinking, oh, snap, they got some interdimensional worm monsters from another galaxy that they got to deal with. Yeah, that's on first watch. You're not like, I am, I'm still picking that up. No. And the fact that they explode out of him, I was like, what was the driving force behind the explosion? But like you said, on my half return visit to the film, I later realized that maybe he, Volkov, was actually him inside himself from the other world and that's who he's talking to in a mirror so oh. his eye going askew is him realizing I'm not going to freak out because I know my own voice and wow. that's why I'm answering it wow I didn't even think of that I, I, that was the only thing I could come up with that would that's make actually, sense to... that's actually a very good uh, that's a very very good theory he, he was inside himself right because this guy caught the, he caught the ass end of everything in terms of, you talk about the short end of the stick, like this guy, he's he's got, he's got himself in himself, according to your theory. He's got worms in his body. He's got the freaking gyroscope shoved in his guts. I mean, damn, like this guy just did not have a good interdimensional jump at all. Right, so let me take that part one step further. Okay. One version of him had the worms in his body. In the other universe, he had the gyroscope in his body. When they meshed together, that's how you got both of those inside the body to begin Jesus with. Christ. So now, we, this is all theory. Like, I've right. never, I'm not on Reddit trying to prove this. I'll tell you what, theory. so far, it's the best theory I've heard because up until then, none of that shit made sense. Well, yeah, I mean, that was the one thing I could build on. Now, if you want to go to Tam, the only Chinese person on the whole ship, everyone else speaks English. Everyone else speaks Mandarin. Why do we have this one person that only speaks Mandarin? See, I wasn't going to I wasn't going to touch that. I wasn't going to touch that because they were up there for like three years and she didn't learn a lick of English. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It's like when you have that grandmother and you're from another country and they understand everything you're saying, but they're going to keep speaking to you in their own language. And you're just like, Grandma, I know you know what I'm saying. Right. But no, she's that grandmother on the ship. Apparently she does answer them back sometimes. She does interact with them. Yes. 
She does understand English for sure, but she just refused to speak it. Yeah. Right. So in the in <laughs> she's like I would love to. She reminds me of the uh, God. What's the what's the chick? I'll, it, well, I'm about to cross reference um, Daredevil, Madam Madam What's His Face, the little Asian gangster who just oh yeah she just refused to speak English and then like she broke out English in late in like season two or whatever you're like wait you can speak English all this time <laughs> that, exactly that's what yeah. happened <laughs> but uh I mean so okay so I gotta this is the part that's bothering me and I gotta I gotta bring this up because I gotta get your take on this so what was Cloverfield Paradox when you watch a movie, there's got to be a purpose. And I, I'm not sure I understood what the purpose was because I wasn't sure what it was trying to achieve. It left me with more questions than answers. I mean, were you fine with that? No, I was... I was... I. Th this is what the half version of me watching it again was. I was looking for a reason for this to be a good entry into the franchise. <clears throat> And I couldn't find it, so I turned it off. Like wow. I'm, I'm willing to accept that. Okay, things that happened in 2018 rippled throughout, you know, the universe of all universes. Yeah, uh, there are people that have theorized, not theorized, found that if you sync up the first movie and this movie at the 18 minute mark, the movies are in sync as far as what happens in space that interacts with Earth. Right, right, but, right. I mean, you you got to have a lot of time on your hands to watch two movies side by side. Like, I don't have that much energy. It's cool for the hardcore fans, but at this point, I'm not I'm not there with it. <laughs> right, I think right. I almost even realized that I think the crew themselves lost the Earth because they switched ships. Really? You Through themselves moved. So you think they were actually on the other ship? Right. So here's the, the only problem, here's the only problem with that. Mm -hmm. That's what you thought, but you got you got to remember when they went to the other reality, their version, that other reality's version of their ship, fell out of orbit and crashed. So they did move. Right, they, but. It, didn't okay. say what came through. It's only showing their experience. It's not showing what happened to like, you know, the main uh, character Hamilton. Presumably, she's on that Earth down there. She never right. saw the crash. She's with her husband Michael. I think his name was. Yeah. And they're going about their lives with their daughters that are alive. Right. So, did did we see? Now, this is a stretch. Did we see the two collide? And what happened is, let's say for this conversation, Earth 2 ship fell. Well, and that's what sunk and killed could, all those people except for Jensen. The only problem Jensen is... merged with them. That, that could be, but she actually said that her version of Schmidt, was it Schmidt? What was his name? Mm -hmm. The German guy, Schmidt, I think it was? Yeah. Right. Yeah, she said that he sabotaged their ship. So, you know that that her big thing was how did I get here? Like she's wondering. She's like so, in her in her reality, Schmidt sabotaged them for whatever.
whatever reason. And then, and then that the next, kind of yeah, that kind of feeds into the same thing. It doesn't go the same direction as a set another ship, or which ship is which. But that's why you see at the end, Schmidt has that transcript that he didn't write in that ship. Yeah, because they're on that timeline. So you think and they switch? So you think they actually switch ships and they? So their ship actually crashed? Is what you're thinking? Something along those lines. Like at some point, the ships were juxtaposed, and the ship that we saw go down is not what we think it is. And if you even remember at the end of the original Cloverfield, it ends with the ship or something going into the water. Right. So I think that that is connecting that. I haven't tried to watch the film side See that, by side. And that's that's a problem because if you it, oh, see Cloverfield is a big clover fuck, and here's why: the the scene with that piece falling into the water that takes place earlier in the day of the recording. Mm-hmm. So, so now and so now you're saying. You gotta, you gotta, the sus position is the ship crashes through a time loop because the explosion from the collider takes place later that night. So why is the ship crashing? There's a whole lot of time jumble going on here, if that's the case. Because him, the guy from the first movie, him and his his uh, girlfriend were at like a carnival or something, like on Coney Island. Mm-hmm. And then later, the Cloverfield events take place later that night or whatever. Right. So if the <laughs> ship is the catalyst for what lets the creatures grow, like right. the God Particle is somewhere on that ship. That crashes, it mixes with Earth's atmosphere, every planet that has Earth that this ripple did. So let's say you have two planets. They hit, one goes down. Four planets, four hit, two go down. And then that's how you can play this timeline. Oh, like we can God. see that same ship crash into water. So we're talking about. Four. So now we're talking about a multiverse. Exactly, because I see, think I mean, that that's where the clue is in the film, is that when you find Jensen in the wall, and then later you see Chris O'Dowd lose his arm, same wall. I think she was working on that wall in her universe. They collided. She got sucked in. They found her before she got to the other side of it. Unlike Chris O'Dowd, he went through, lost his arm when they pulled him out. Because did you notice, and I'm not sure if this is on purpose or just bad editing, she never had any scars. They never showed her in a healing bay or anything like that, or came out with some nanotechnology that would explain how you had oh, all these saw. pipes through your body. The second the second viewing, because you only saw one and a half, I saw two. So <laughs> the second viewing, they flash real quick it said something like accelerated cellular growth so they did have the technology to do a repair okay. so i did catch that it was like a split second they showed it and i was like oh that's how they fixed her that fast so then let me ask you this as well since you have seen it to examine it further yeah the, is the bagel machine the gun machine yes it is which is weird because I didn't know a 3D machine. I guess a 3D machine can make food as well. It depends on what material you feed into it. The bagel machine yeah. was it was because it actually had a it had a post-it note on it that said "World's Worst Bagel Machine." So let me ask you this: 
Sure. Is that not a second indicator or third indicator at this point that they're on a separate ship? Because that same note is what I noticed, and it's not there when he makes the gun. Exactly. That's a good point. So it's like, that's why they could make a gun. Because they're okay, like, so oh, how did you get a gun on the ship? I'm, I'm starting to like your... I'm starting to like your double Volkov theory because how would he know to go even make a gun? Exactly. He yeah, has whatever ship. security clearance yeah. on that thumb drive. And why are we still using thumb drives in 2028? I don't know. You would yeah. think that they would just made up a better technology there. Yeah, that's that's a good point too. That flew right past me. <laughs> but I, I, I do think that there's something going on to where, I mean, Maybe there's three ships. You could look even closer. But I do think at some point there is two different ships that merged somehow, some way. Well, I mean, I guess that gives me a little bit of relief because I was not happy at first. But the thing about Cloverfield is J.J. Abrams leaves it open for so much interpretation. Whether he's doing it on purpose or whether he just left a hole in the plot for the fans to fill in, Either way, it's given us something to talk about. Because now we're talking about multiple ships, multiverses, merging ships, and whatnot. Uh, agreed. I, I do wonder, because I remember, let's say from 08 to maybe 2012, when I was paying attention, there was a separate non-seller sequel. Like J.J. Abrams stated, he wanted to make a sequel. He was waiting for the timing to be right. And... I, I could have a year wrong. It might be 2013. But let's say between 2012 and 2014, J.J. Abrams said he wanted to go in a sequel. For whatever reason, that sequel didn't happen, and they purchased the seller. So I wonder, just, you know, being a regular nerd, what happened there? Yeah, you know, I don't know. But here's my thing. I kind of, I just kind of have mixed feelings about Cloververse and I, I'm still going to refer to it as the Cloververse because we're, what we're talking about is we're talking about the original idea that J.J. Abrams sold to us. And he even said in his own interviews, he said, look, the point of Cloverfield was that America did not have a monster creature feature like Godzilla mm -hmm. and, you know, whatnot. So Cloverfield was supposed to be America's version of a giant monster creature feature. And he mixed in the whole mystery slash um, um, found footage type of what was popular in America, which right. for that time was great. But then he got the, he got the clever idea of, oh yeah, let's, let's talk about what happened on the other side of the bridge. Let's talk about what other people saw Let's talk about where this came from. Let's talk about how it originated. So he built a he built a world around the monster that we're all kind of expecting. We want to see the world expand and we want to see some questions answered. You know what I mean? Definitely. So here we are 10 years later and we're just like, all right, we kind of want this ship and this paradox to tell us some things. I don't think it told us enough. I would have liked to, to explain more. And understanding it's a J.J. Abrams project, I know there's that feeling, that air of mystery and all, but what what else did he do? He did Lost, and Lost took what? 
five, six, seven seasons. Right, and a lot of people were jaded by the ending of that as well. Right. It wasn't ever, well, I mean, it depends on what side of fence you're on, but a lot of people feel as though he didn't give anyone any explanation either. It's like, See, uh, it, it's over, figure it out. Right, and, and that's, that's, that's the problem I have with Paradox. It feels, it feels episodic to me. That's how it felt after watching it twice. It felt episodic like this isn't a feature movie. Like a feature movie to me has to have a premise, execution, and ending. I don't feel like it had execution and ending. And that's why I felt lost. <laughs> I'm glad you said <laughs> Good wordplay there. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that has to be a similar thing of what the studio said as well. Because this, you know, this was going to be a theatrical release. And they were like, oh, last minute we sold it to Netflix. So they had to have felt some type of way about this film as well. They were like, oh, we greenlit this, but we're not really sure what you did here either. So it's easier to sell it to Netflix for a lump sum. Maybe they got all their money back that they put into it. They're fine with that. And if right. Netflix gets enough views, maybe Netflix will pick up the fourth and fifth uh, sequels. Right, right. And then that helps Netflix. Yeah, for but sure. I think they're kind of like... I wouldn't be surprised by the filth film if you did not see Bad Robot attached to it. I mean, yeah, like you said at the beginning, right now Bad Robot is just running on the strength of its brand. I love everything that Bad Robot does. Like, if right. it's Bad Robot, I'm there. Um, for me, excuse me, Cloverfield, it took a step back on Paradox. Paradox took it a step back only because I feel like it didn't achieve... It didn't fully achieve what it set out to do. It, it, it was, um, hell, it was like a minute and it was like an hour and 40 minutes of just, I just feel like it just kind of sat around and just saw a bunch of nothing. You know, it was just like, all right, we see some weird shit happen. Why is it happening? Like you said at the beginning, where's the science? Dude, I was having some Neil deGrasse Tyson moments. I'm just like, I understand interdimensional rifts, but why is like thing from the Adams family suddenly part of science? I didn't get that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, wh yeah, what, why, what's the why science can it think for itself? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I think that that's where the movie kind of let people down, especially you have this cast. It's like, why are you bringing in? These aren't people looking to make it in Hollywood through a horror movie, hoping that they get noticed. You know, that's kind of yeah. like, the first film was kind of like that, you know. There, there's these people you see them in a couple of things, yeah, but nothing sure. went to where they were stars. Right. All right. these people have respectable resumes. They are, you know, they've done things in Hollywood or in their respective countries as well. For so, sure. so why do you assemble this cast? Who I don't think anyone gave a weak performance in particular, but it's just like, what was the goal? Original goal. I'll tell you what, that was, a lot of talent. Like this. that was a lot of talent that did a lot of not much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come I mean, hang out. We're going to shoot this film. We're going to kill you all off. And we'll see what goes from there. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, good acting, good, great cast. Good. They did what they could with the script. The script, there just wasn't much to it. I think my biggest problem, my biggest problem was it, it just needed to decide what it was going to be. And let me break this down to you. 
if it had picked any one of these lanes, I would have been fine with it. Is it a monster feature? Good, let's talk about the monster. Is it a science gone wrong feature? Good, let's talk about bad science and what happens when science gets out of your hands. Is it, is it a bizarre kind of weird space thing like um, Event Horizon, you know, mm -hmm. where you just push the boundaries of what we understand till we just don't understand it. If it's gonna go in that direction, take it further. You know, if it's gonna be weird, make it way weird. You know, and I honestly felt like, to paraphrase the hell out of Tropic Thunder, when he was like, never go full retard. I know exactly retard. what you're gonna say. Never go full retard. Like, right. Never go full retard. I feel like this should've went full retard. <laughs> Yeah, so it, like, it definitely it should have been. It didn't go crazy enough. <laughs> and I felt as though, it, and you, you're 100% correct. If they would have done that, that would have been a far better approach than this. Because I watched this whole film the first time through, and that last little five minutes where the film's coming to an end, and then you get one fucking monster. And it looks like they couldn't even afford to design that thing all the way through. Like, that was the shittiest looking monster I've ever seen. <laughs> I was like, no. I, I invested almost two hours of my life to see this, or really 10 years, if you think about oh, it, because I think it was almost the anniversary. Let me tell you about that monster. They spent all of five seconds <laughs> Thank on, you. On, on, the, on some bad CGI, and I was like, are you serious? And let me, and let it, me go, I'm about to go in on this monster. Let me go in on this monster, man. You're going to love this. So the original Cloverfield was supposed to be monster feature. Okay, we get that. Now, monster for monster, here's what's going on in the monsterverse. And this is where Cloverfield, again, it failed. Netflix, they released a new Godzilla. It is so dope. Oh my God, like Godzilla yes. is terrifying. Like he is terrifying. And I'm like, that's how Godzilla should be. Then on the other hand, you got Guillermo del Toro putting out Pacific Rim. Now Pacific Rim 2, the Kaiji, or however you say it, they're bigger, they're bad, they're nastier. The new Kong, Skull Island. Dude, King Kong's like three times bigger than he's ever been. It's amazing. <clears throat> so I feel like I see that last five seconds of nonsense and I'm thinking, well, I guess J.J. Abrams thought that we just needed to have a way bigger monster. But what a wasted opportunity that was. I mean, and I'm, I'm, I, I tried to dance around this lightly, but I'll be honest, the reason why you, you talking about going full retard yes. made me think of that monster is because I think that monster was special needs. Like, he does not look terrifying. <laughs> He looks like, man, he needs help. He is looking for his handler. Yeah, no. Because yeah. I was like, oh, my God. And then I guess that was the other thing. Going into the film originally, I was thinking those <laughs> creatures were going to be on the spaceship. I they were not. Okay, my goodness. Yo, I was, again, what a waste of opportunity. Somewhere maybe budgeting was a problem. I don't know. <clears throat> so... Here's something, and we got to say this because there's fans, I'm sure there's fans listening, screaming this. Well, the original monster's a baby, and they're right. J.J. Abrams did tell us, like, 
the the big reveal of the original Cloverfield was that was actually a baby monster. Right. So what we saw at the end of Paradox apparently was like mama monster because she's like heads above in the clouds. So I'm assuming based on what Michael said, Michael said specifically, don't have them come back with these things down here. And yes, he does say that. The guy, whoever he was talking to, they're like, hey, Michael's in New York. And he's like, yeah, they're going to splash down somewhere in Delaware. So there's monsters everywhere. New York got a baby monster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who apparently got separated from Mama Monster, who's apparently terrorizing Delaware, I guess, because that's where they supposedly were splashing down, <clears throat> coming through the clouds. Because you got to think, if it's coming through the atmosphere, if that monster's big enough to pierce the clouds, that's a humongous motherfucker. Definitely. <clears throat> so I'm thinking, well, Delaware is wiped off the planet because the baby decimated New York. And if right, Mom- and if you have something... Yeah, and if Mama's that big, Delaware's gone. Like, the East Coast is probably demolished. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I mean, what could really be left? And that's that's kind of thing... I would want to see. Let's say, you know, I had buy-in for the Forge film. Obviously, it's not going to take place in that Delaware. And matter of fact, the, that war that the rumors are about doesn't even really take place in the United States. So it's like we're going over to foreign territory. So we still don't know what happened with New York, even if we bounce back to the 08 timeline. Right, And right. we're never going to find out what happens in the 2028 timeline either, at least for right now. So what it what is so what is the Cloververse even right now? I'm, I'm clueless. Is it is it is it is it is it, is it, is it space time rifts being open where we have a clash of multiverses? So right now we have monsters, we have aliens, <laughs> we have two sets of people coexisting, and whatever the hell Cloverfield Four throws at us, going back to World War Two, we we got to deal with that as well. Now, see, this is where I, I thought about it, and I feel like Nazis, I don't know. Right. So, are the monsters going to be Nazis, or are we just going to deal with Nazis? Yeah. But it's like, if you go back, like, I first looked at this film, like, Super Bowl Sunday, 11 o'clock, I'm done. <clears throat> and my first impression was, is I just watched a parallel prequel. So, like, if the other two films didn't exist, and I saw this film, and then the 08 film came out later, that would kind of explain to me, all right, this was a bad sci-fi film, but then, oh, shit, the Cloververse, he explains what happened when this thing dropped and ruined the world. And then we go further into Cloverfield Lane, and we're like, these are people living after what happened in New York. You think so? That would be fine. Yeah, I, I mean that that was my first initial impression right. whenever I finished watching it. And then I was just like, no, that doesn't even make sense. Like it could be a prequel in so many words, but it can't be a parallel prequel because of where they're trying to take the franchise. Exactly. See, and I, I guess we're everyone's assuming that all of this takes place all at once. Like they rip they rip space time open. We have alternate realities that just I felt like the alternate realities 
infected earth our earth that's that's my takeaway like we're being infected by the results of messing with the you know the large collider and then mm-hmm. this is the fallout you know you have 10 cloverfield lane you have the guy no doubt the guy from 10 cloverfield lane who was preparing for the bunker the aliens with the bunkers no doubt he probably bought a copy of cloverfield paradox the book (laughs) (laughs) and he's waiting for that to happen and you may have stumbled upon the easter egg yeah because they spent a lot of time and there's a lot of stuff in the cellar and i've never examined that i really thought that that film was just a solid film like if i've never seen uh, the original Cloverfield movie and I watched 10 Cloverfield Lane I would be content with beginning opening ending yes and be like I would expect the sequel to pick up from when after the explosion happened and they're That'd outside and they see that oh he wasn't lying but he wasn't being forthcoming with what he knows see and that's and to the to everyone listening out there I would say let's get on it and go and examine with a fine-tooth comb Cloverfield Lane and try to find those connections because now we're talking about with the introduction of the Cloverfield Paradox book and the conspiracy theorist guide, then you got the conspiracy theory uh, survival prep guide from Cloverfield Lane. There's, mm-hmm. That's got to be a connection right there as well. Like right. there's got some tie-ins with that. So, I mean, it, it does add a bit of fun for the film. Like, I think for now, it'll definitely be at least a good month before I try to watch that film again. It, it, it's I'm not, I'm, I'm not anything against the film as far as theorizing things. Like, I love that it's, it, it is a conversation piece. I'll give it that. Like, even after everyone watched it, there's tons of bad reviews. There's tons of mixed reviews. I, I, I haven't seen a good review yet. But I'm not saying there isn't one. It's just that it, it's going to take time. We're all initially taking it surface value, and none of us are going past the superficial things of what we should expect in a film. And that's, think- only, and that's only because we're fans of J.J. Abrams. We feel like he's infallible, and he can do no wrong. And we're just putting our trust in the fact that he laid this out for us to find. <laughs> it's and possible. that could be the hook I, I know that that's where let's go way way back to John Carpenter when he released Halloween 3 season of the witch okay. him and Deborah Hill their initial pitch for the film is that I think Halloween was even called the babysitters or babysitters die or something like that was the original title they just wanted to start an anthology of where evil exists not necessarily what? Michael Myers Right, and so that each new sequel would be the incarnation of that evil wreaking havoc on whatever talent's in. Now, of course, that didn't happen. The studio had major success with part one, so they wanted a quick sequel, like uh, to the point to where you see Jamie Lee Curtis wearing that shitty wig because she had already cut her hair off. Right, she was never growing that hair again. Right, so you see Jamie Lee Curtis the night after. And I think, and this is getting a little off subject, I think that that's why uh, the new team that's reissuing, you know, this, I don't know if they're even calling a new Halloween a sequel, but they're ignoring all other timelines other than the first film. Right. 
And I think that's why maybe they're doing it to show what's going to happen with this evil. But fast forwarding back to the point, uh, that could be what J.J. Abrams is attempting to do just in modern times. Well, oh, sorry. So is, is he attempting to make just make it kind of a Cloverfield anthology? Right. These are their accounts of X, Y, and Z once this so, God particle was launched. All right. So with that being said, that actually bothers me because now you're talking about what you're talking about. You're, you're talking about something that's a cross between like Twilight Zone in outer limits you're just just creating this anthology universe so you know there's no reason to tie it together so to me it feels like a misstep as much as I'm a fan it it felt like a misstep to make it something where it's a continuation either make it a continuation or just don't make it like don't make it a continuation just make it exist in that world I was fine See, I reconciled myself with 10 Cloverfield Lane. I'm like, okay, this is the Cloververse where these things happen. That's cool. But when you come and say, we're going to tie this into part one, I'm kind of looking for you to do that. And when he didn't do that, I'm like, ah, now that's what goes back to what I'm saying. Like, what do we have? Right. Like, if this was, I, I, I tried to be like, in my mind, this is what happened to Cloverfield or New York that was affected by Cloverfield in 08, 20 years later. It's like, now they're in space looking for energy. Maybe this monster is consuming all the energy and I fucking hate that they never mentioned like, we're low on gas, we're low on carbon fuel, you know? They're just saying energy is such a blanketed statement. Right, right. It's like, all the natural resources are gone? Then just say that. We have no more natural resources and we're trying to spark something. Which I is, can't even uh, pretend yeah, to even make something up on the spot. They sent they sent a handful of astronauts up to space from different countries and they left them there for three years. I'm like, why would they do that? <laughs> like was it was it all the world's resources and this was the last ditch attempt and that was it? That's what it sounded like. And it doesn't explain how that connects the other world that they go into because they're at war with Europe. Their Earth is at war with Europe. And it's not even like, are they looking for the same energy and and Europe has it? And why wasn't the first world at war with anyone? So it's too many things going on. It's a lot going on. And that goes back to my original review. And that's how I would wrap it up. It, it just it, it felt like it felt like they took a lot of small ideas from every other horror sci-fi movie that came before it. That's what it felt like. And they just mashed it all together and just slapped the Cloverfield level uh, label on it. That, that's yes yeah. that's, that's my takeaway. I felt and that's really because that's what they did. <laughs> it was a little bit of uh, it was like a little bit of alien. There was a little bit of um, life, the new life, where, with the one with uh, Ryan Reynolds and whatnot. Right. It, there was a little bit of um, Event Horizon. There was a little bit of um, Interstellar. It was like it was like they took all of the boring parts of all of those movies. 
<laughs> and made them into a two-hour feature. Yeah, and I was just like, like I said, it's like, okay, go in that direction. That's a great direction. No? Okay, we're going that direction. That's a great direction. Oh, no? Okay, well, yeah, go with that idea. That's a great idea. Oh, no, you're not? Okay. I mean, okay, so many science violations, I don't even know where to start. I'm not going to bother. I would like to hear Neil deGrasse Tyson break it down and tell us what went wrong science-y. <laughs> yes, they just, yes. They just threw it all out the window. I'm just looking like, wow, water does not flash freeze in space like that. Like, space doesn't have a temperature. Like, what was that? I didn't understand that. Maybe you can explain it. I, I cannot. I, I uh, <laughs> The water thing has gotten to me, definitely. And I was just like, all right, all right they're, they're not going to try. And I, I don't know who penned the original script, and that could be because they're not a well-known writer. So they were just like, oh, we sold it. We don't really care. And yeah, it was up to the production company to be like, hey, now we need to hire some writers to write the screenplay and make sure that all this is sound. Oh, you know, man. that was something that they could have taken away. Human Centipede. When that film first came out, the thing was is that no one could really debunk the science. Like, even though it wasn't real science of how that would work, it, it was put together so well yeah. that you were like, all right, this motherfucker could really do this to someone. And right, you were right. just sold. No one was like, oh, no, you can't do that with the femur bone or anything like that. You have to dismantle the jaw. There wasn't all this talk about how wrong it was. Right. You can't but, you can't debunk it unless you actually try it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, we can, so, we can go it, for hours so about it. If we, if we had to rate a movie, and I, I'm not really big into rating movies, I'll just tell you, you know, I'll give you my thoughts on it. But if you had to rate it, what would you what would you rate it? Paradox. I would give it a five. You know, there isn't a on a scale of one to ten. <laughs> Damn, so I right in like, the middle. What scale? One to twenty? <laughs> yeah, I I try to think of a scale of one to ten at five. Okay. Because there are some elements that would be great if they had the chance to be developed. And that could be, you know, the actors did fine. And you can, you can be a great actor. And if you have someone leading you in the wrong direction, you can't do shit about that. Yeah. You're just going to fulfill your contract, go home, and hope people don't call you out on it to your face. No. You know? So but, I see you're, you're, on the, you're, on the, you're on the IMDB 10-star scale. So you gave it five. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, people yeah. like that. Um, but in my mind, I think of it as a pass or play thing. And yeah. I would definitely say this is a pass. If you have the time, go for it. But other than that, don't go out of your way, pass. Okay. Yeah. That's, what I would that's, say. That, that's good. But what was your. Dude, if I, my first one, you know, with all the hype behind it the first time I watched it was a different grade from the second time watching it you know if I have to grade it A through F where A is just outstanding and F they just failed miserably I'm gonna give it a C minus it was a C minus and it was and, and you know it just it it's a C minus because it, it if they didn't bother trying to tie it into the original, it would have been its own standalone story. But if you're going to try to tie it into 2008 and tell us what happened and why, you don't get to introduce a bunch of loose ends and not satisfy it. And I did not feel satisfied. 
and that's why I always always grade a movie based on what it's supposed to accomplish and, and it, sa- it, satisfaction is one of those and that's where they did lose the fans they did lose the fans now to be fair if anyone was to hear this you know some people are like yeah you're right and some people are like no you're missing a point well to the ones that say i'm missing a point no i'm not and here's why (laughs) (laughs) the original cloverfield was presented as you don't know what the hell's going on you're just a guy at a party and something happened and with that premise yes it worked as an a i gave it an a it was outstanding if you're going to bother trying to explain it you need to go ahead and try to explain some things. And that's why I said I give it a C minus because you you slap the label of Cloverfield on a movie, you throw in, if I, I can tell they rewrote it to make it fit. But right. man, you gotta go ahead and link some things up. You gotta make it work. And there were some plot holes and I don't, I'm not sure I'm, I'm gonna give it to J.J. Abrams pass where it's like, oh, the all-wise, all-knowing J.J. Abrams left it open for... No, you just didn't write it well. That's... I'm, <laughs> I can't give him that pass. So, C-. Well, yeah, there you I'll, have I'll, it. I'll be nice. That's too harsh. I'll give it a C. I'll give it a C. <laughs> I, I, I was with you on the C-. minus. I mean, I, was, <laughs> I think that if... You know, let's say if the average person wants, watched the film and had to mix opinions about things that we did, fine. But if you're talking about fans, people that blew up Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, when that trailer was released, yeah. and like maybe you were calling your roommate, be like, hey, what's your Netflix password? I need to watch this. That's where they failed. Yeah, they did fail. They, they did. And I, a lot of fans, we invested, like you said, we invested 10 years into Cloverfield universe. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be, there's got to be some kind of closure or something. All right. All right, folks, that's it. Uh, Tune in next time. Same pod channel, same pod time. We're out.